Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. First of all, I want to say I love you guys. I love everybody here. Um, and I appreciate our church. And I'm thankful you guys are here this morning. Amen. Everyone, I'm just thankful that you guys are here. And um, I have been, probably doesn't, doesn't make sense to you guys, but I have been preaching for about six months to, to get to this message this morning. Uh, and... Here's the part you're not going to understand. Renee told me just before I come up here, she says, you don't look very good. <laughs> so, uh, uh, um, but uh, I believe the Lord has showed me this clearly. Um, many of you have prayed for me about this message, and, and I, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that, how much I needed that. And on the inside, I am jumping up and down. <laughs> on the inside, I am, uh, I am overflowing with joy. On the outside, probably don't look so good. Um, don't, don't feel real good on the outside. But I believe the Lord has clearly showed me that's what He wanted. Isn't it something that for six months He's been preparing me to preach this one message, and then I get to that one message and I feel awful the day that I'm preaching it? Uh, why would that be? But you know what he showed me all night long? I thought about this. <clears throat> what does the Bible say? When I am weak, he is strong. And can I just say, I'm not nervous this morning. I, I, I know God gave me this message. I know I'm supposed to preach it. I, I, I just have full confidence of that. Um, and it's this could be one of those messages that I could just... Be excited and run over and maybe preach real enthusiastic. And if you if I get done and you say, well, he didn't seem very excited. Well, let me just assure you on the inside, I am very excited. Uh, but I may I feel like the condition I'm in, I feel like I just need to trust in the Lord. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I just I don't have anything in my flesh to bring. I, I just so can God sovereignly make me not feel good this morning so I would just depend on him to preach this message? That's what I feel like he's done. I, I feel like so. I, I, one reason I, I acknowledge that is I didn't want anyone to go home and say, boy, Gary just uh, didn't, didn't act like he was very excited this morning. Well, um, I am. I, I'm just, uh, my flesh is not quite with me. <laughs> so, uh, Titus chapter 1, let us stand and read God's word. Let, let us get into the message. Let us open our hearts. Uh, God has something very important for us, and I want all of you to be very attentive this morning. Just going to read one verse, <clears throat> Titus chapter 1, verse number 5. <clears throat> for this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for what I feel in my heart. Lord, you, you know, Lord, I'm just overwhelmed with your goodness this morning. Uh, Lord, I'm overwhelmed with your presence, Father, and I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for these precious people that you've given us. Lord, all that you've done in our church. 
And now this morning, Lord, I, I just pray that you take control. Take my weak body, my, my vessel of clay. And Lord, I present it to you. Lord, would you use it, Lord, to your glory and honor, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. So let's, let's, let's get in context what this verse says. Let's understand what is going on here. Um, the apostles, the, the, the uh, Apostle Paul, but all of the apostles, they were, we're still first century, they have been establishing what a church should be. Right? That, that, you guys know what this, that's what this is? Okay. The, the, the apostles wrote the New Testament and they established what church should be. And, and that is the word of God. And, and that is what we are to build our churches upon. Amen? So Paul and the apostles have now set down the doctrines, the behavior, all of the things we're supposed to be in church. Okay? Now, Paul, has, we all know our Bibles, Paul has went around all over the continent and he is starting new churches everywhere, right? And, and, and he's going into places the gospel has never been preached and he's starting new churches and he's going into places where the Jews were, were uh, under, still under the law and he's preaching the gospel and he's starting new churches everywhere, but just by... Uh, ju just by um, reason of, of our limitations as a man. Paul could not stay and pastor every church that he started. Does that, does that make sense? How could you start, you know, 50 churches and you're going to stay and pastor all of them for years until they're all straight out? He could not do that. So here's what Paul begins to do. Paul begins to say, okay, I've started all these churches and they're not really where they need to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find some young men and I'm going to place them there because I have told them this is how God wants a church to be run. And I'm going to leave them there and I'm going to go start another church and I'm going to tell them, now you set this church in order the way I've told you to. Are you guys following me so far? Does that make sense? So, so he said, so he says, so he tells Titus, he said, listen, I got to go start some more churches. You stay here and, and we got them started. Now, everything that's not right, bring it to where it's supposed to be. And he did the same thing with Timothy and with Philemon and, and all of his other younger preachers and, and then all the ones after them. So we have this, this picture of a standard being set, the standard that God sets. This is what church should be. It's ordained by God. It was instructed by the apostles and by Paul. And now it is being passed on to younger ministers to establish that same uh, uh, what God wants in the church. Now, here's the truth, guys. If we look at the New Testament, we're not going to try and study this all out, but, do, but do, do you Bible readers be with me? The churches that follow the standard do very, very well. The churches that do not follow the standard, they fail or cease to exist. In the book of Revelations, we know that, that, that through the, the Apostle John, but, but Jesus himself said, if you don't get things right, I'm going to remove my candlestick. You'll no longer be a church. Right? Is that what Jesus said? So, so, this, so there's a standard that has been established by the apostles for all churches. 
Now, if you guys are with me, if you guys understand that, uh, um, what, what is going on in the New Testament, what is going on uh, um, in, in what a church should be, let, let's bring this thing forward. In 2023, is there a standard for what a church should be? Absolutely. Listen, it's not a, well, you do it the way you want and we'll do it the way we want. There is a standard of what church is supposed to be. God sets that standard. It is not optional. It is not up to you to decide. It is not your opinion. It is a set standard that we all have to abide by. Now, interesting thing, uh, as we read the New Testament, there's a whole lot of things the Bible does not say. It does not say sing Southern Gospel or sing Contemporary. It does not say how many congregational songs to sing. It does not say you have to come bow down and pray or you can pray in your seat. There's a lot of things it does not say. But there's some things it says are not negotiable. Are you guys with me? So there's a standard that has to be set. So we talked, we've been talking about the vision, uh, the vision for Sand Hill Church, the direction that we, we're supposed to be going in, what, what God wants for our, our future. So let us just take a little time to look at the New Testament standards. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, as we've already said, sets the standards for what church should be. And guys, when Paul went around, he, he, did, not tell, he did not tell Titus, now stay in Crete. If they don't want to do it the way we do, it's okay. Just let them do it how they want to. That wasn't what he said. He said, they have to do it our way. Are you guys with me? He, he didn't say uh, to Timothy, set the church in order, but if they've got a different idea, just go ahead and let them do it their way. No, 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 no. The standard is set. It is not optional. It has to be followed. Or listen, we are not a New Testament church. Are you guys following me? Miguel, Miguel gave me this last week. Me, me and Miguel have had this conversation a lot of times, and, and I don't think he realized how profound it was. I've thought about it all week. Um, but... He, Miguel has asked me over and over and over again. He's like, Pastor, there's a church down the street. We don't agree with their doctrine. How far off can they be and still be, still make it? <laughs> right? That's a good question, isn't it? How far off can we get and still make it? So we've had that discussion many, many times, and, and me and Brother Miguel, but he said this last week. And we discussed the fact that there, there are things you have to get right in order to make it to heaven. Amen? But there are some things maybe you could get wrong and maybe you'd accidentally stumble in, right? And, and you know, we talked, I'm not God and, and, and all of that. But here's what Brother Miguel said. I thought this was quite profound. He said, but because they get it wrong is why they have so many problems. Isn't that true? So you might start a church and say, we're not going to keep these standards. And you might accidentally make it to heaven, but you're going to be miserable the whole time you're here and your church is never going to work right. Does that make sense to you guys? So we have to keep the standards and when we keep the standards. It's like God comes down and blesses us and uses us and does great things and church is enjoyable. But when we don't do it God's way. There's problems. There's conflict. There's fighting. There's splits. There's misery. There's, there's, there's no prosperity, there's no blessing. So it is, it is very, very important that we do it God's way. Now, I am sure that this has not made sense to nobody 
past six months, I've been preaching things like we think too small and we need leadership and blah, 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 blah. And all the different messages that I've tried to preach to bring us to this point. And then the beginning of the year, I started preaching on attitudes and what in the world does attitudes have to do? And by the way, this message is still on attitudes this morning. And we have, I don't know, maybe six or eight more messages on attitude we want to try to bring to add to this. But I, I, I felt kind of like this morning that a lot of you weren't tracking. Maybe nobody was tracking. And we need to understand why we need the right attitude. Need to understand why we need the right attitude. So I would like to offer to you this morning, like to offer to you this morning, the attitude of servant is not an option. It's not an option. If you want to be a New Testament church, you're going to have to realize you don't matter and you are here to serve others and that the, that the whole concept is, is to, to do whatever Jesus wants because you're his slave and you're not here about you, it's here about him. Now, are there a lot of churches that are set up that are not built on the attitude of being a servant? Yes. Will some of them make it to heaven? Probably so. Does it work like Jesus wanted it to work? No. So we need a certain attitude of servant. We need an attitude of worship. We, I'm not going to re-preach these. We need the attitude of trust. And we're going to add a whole bunch more attitude to that. And simply the word attitude is the word heart. And all we're saying is there are things in the Bible. Guys, if we want to be a New Testament church, we've got to do it God's way. We've got to have the right attitude, the right heart, the right understanding to have church the way Jesus Christ wants us to have church. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just accidentally stumble into heaven. I want to be lined up with the word of God where Jesus Christ will be pleased and he can bless us. Is anybody with me? So that's what we want as a church is to be in a new test, set the New Testament standards of what we have to be. These are not negotiable. These are not Gary's ideas. These are not free will Baptists. This is what Jesus says a church has to be. So we move on to the condition of churches. Now, I don't want to bore you with a whole, whole long line of statistics and everything else, but you guys, how many of you guys remember when Brother Ben was here and he told us about churches, right? If you look, we, we were just at the men's retreat, and, and by the way, uh, so thankful for all you guys, what I, I enjoyed so much. And Renee said, how, how was it, and did you get to talk to a lot of people? And this is what I told Renee. I said, no, because I wanted to be with our men, because I enjoy being with you men, Right? We, we, we were crazy and we did all kinds of things and, and, and got to know each other a lot better. But there was a value of spending time together and worshiping God together and learning of God's word together and, and, and maybe getting beat up a little bit by the preachers. And uh, there was a value to that. But as we were there and as we hear the reports, well, there is an abundance of pastors that are simply quitting. I, I mean... Free Will Baptist and every other denomination, they're just pastors just quitting everywhere. And we heard this weekend even of many of the pastors, not a fact that they're quitting, they're just getting old. There's only so long you can do this, right? There's a whole, whole, whole bunch of preachers that 40 years ago, they were just dynamite. But now they're 85, 90 years old and they're saying, Hi, guys, I can't do this much longer, Right? And so we, we have that, the, the issue, uh, and then there are so many pastors that are still pastoring, and they're discouraged, and they're down, don't want to do it anymore. On top of that, uh, we, we have so many churches that are just simply unbiblical. 
They're, they're just simply unbiblical. They, they're not set up according to the word of God. They're not living the standards God said. They're not being obedient. They're not doing what God says. They're living in complete disobedience. There are even some churches that maybe they got their doctrine right 50 years ago, but there's no life left. They're just dead. Am I telling the truth, guys? There's just a lot of churches that are just dead. They're just dead. Hey, God left the building a long time ago. This is really important. We found out this weekend, sadly so, not a new thought, there are a, there are a multitude of churches that don't have any youth. Had someone just recently say, yeah, the youngest person goes to our church is 65 years old. Can I tell you, aside from the fact that that clearly shows you're out of the will of God, but can I tell you the fact, you know what else that tells you? You ain't got much history, you ain't got much future. <laughs> 20 years, it's done, right? So, and that's what so many churches there, they don't have any young people. Everyone there is older and they just say, we're just going to keep on doing this and they're just going to keep dying and dying and dying until we're down to two or three and then we'll shut the doors. How many of you know that's not a good plan? Not a good plan. So we have pastor problems. We have unbiblical problems. We have no life problems. We have no youth problems. We have churches closing around us all the time. And if all of that wasn't ugly enough, we simply have a whole lot of churches that are just like the world. They're sinful. They're worldly. They're ungodly. They're not preaching the Bible. And they might be drawing the biggest crowd. Okay? So, I'm sure some of you have heard this before, um, <clears throat> but I want to talk about the bubonic plague. I thought this illustration kind of falls flat a little bit because we just came through COVID, and can I say we didn't do so good? Okay? But, but let's look back at the bubonic plague, and, and, and if you know your history a little bit, it, it came across and it began to just kill everybody. Right? I mean, literally, it was coming in and literally it was wiping out towns, wiping out villages, wiping out everybody. And the doctors and the nurses, you know what they said? We don't want to be around those people because we'll catch it and we'll die. So let's just stay away from those people. Let them die. Right. Kind of makes sense, really. It kind of makes sense, right? We've got a whole bunch of people out there sick and dying. If we go over and try and help them, they will make us sick and then we will die. So the doctors and nurses said, nope, we don't want to be a part of that. So you know what happened? The church said, we will go to the sick and we will help the sick. And they did. Now, many of those good Christian people who went there to help those sick people, guess what happened? <laughs> they got sick and died. But they said, we are healthy, they are sick, it is our duty to go to them and help them. Not thinking of our health, not thinking of our future, but thinking about what is right in the eyes of God, and in the eyes of God, it's right to go help those that are sick. Are you with me? Amen. Guys, does that not apply spiritually? If God has blessed the Sandhill Church to be healthy, and I believe he has, and if God has blessed the Sandhill Church to be strong 
And I believe he has. If we are abiding by New Testament standards of what church should be, and I believe that we are, then if all around us there are dying people, and I'm not even talking about the laws, I am talking about churches all around us that are failing and falling and, and ceasing to exist, does it make sense that we ought to get out of our enjoyable area where we're all happy here and go help those churches that are dying? Say, well, that doesn't sound very comfortable and that doesn't sound very fun. Guys, can I tell you, we've got to stop thinking about ourselves and understand what God wants us to do. Okay? So let's look how we are positioned. I believe that God for a very long time has been positioning the Sand Hill Church. So we have been, we have been trying to preach the Bible ever since I've been here. We've been trying to promote the Bible, and, and a lot of things have changed since I've been here, and blah, 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 blah. But let's just look back real quickly, and, and we've said this before, trying to get you guys to realize that it's not just a banner on the wall. It's not just a, uh, something we think about, and, and we've talked about how we need to promote our uh, themes better than we do. But let's just look back at our themes real quick, and let's just see if this has anything to do with where we are today. We started out about three years ago with the, with the theme for the year of Church on Purpose. And what that simply meant is when we come out here on purpose, we are going to teach the Word of God every time we're here. Church on Purpose. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Guys, that's what church is for. Church is not for the lost. Church is not for you to have fun. Church is not for a good time. Church is not even for coming and getting a good meal. Church is to come and be equipped to go out there there and do the work that is what the bible says that is a bible standard it is not an option i would just say this very proudly very boldly i don't care who's watching me when a church is here for us we are out of the will of god we're to come here learn how to be a christian and go out there and change somebody's life we spent a week down there just a, there's a slight little rabbit trail here we spent a week down there with brother logan it's phenomenal how God brought all that together with, with Brother Miguel and Brother Logan and all that, how that happened, but, but that, don't have time for that story. But we went down there and there's a brother there from Utah. And I thought, how did we get so messed up? And I've thought what he said for years, I just seemingly nobody else was thinking that. But here's what, here's what this brother from Utah said. Uh, now, now he's seeing multitudes saved in, he lives in Utah where something like 99.5% of the whole entire population is Mormon. Okay? No Christianity. And God said, go there and make those people Christians. And he is. He is. It's amazing. But here's what Bill Logan says. Get this, guys. How different is this from what we see? He said, we get them saved. And we baptize them. Right now. He said, you said, you think about this. You get someone saved, and six months later they get baptized. You are telling that person, God's okay with you being disobedient. We get them saved immediately. We baptize them because that's what God said. And then immediately, get this guys, immediately, even the day of, they get saved. We explain to them, it is your job to go make other people Christians because that's what God said. And he didn't say, give them a year, give them two years, wait till they grow up, wait till they mature, wait till they're what they need to be. No, get saved, get baptized, go get people saved. 
And this is what Logan said. The more space we put in between there, the more we slow this process down. Think of how many people, even in this church, have gotten saved, waited months and months and months and months, got baptized, waited months and months and months and years to start telling other people about Jesus. If we shorten that down to one day, <laughs> all of a sudden, the next day, we're telling people about Jesus. And you say, that doesn't seem right, that doesn't seem possible. Listen, that's what the Bible says. You look in the first century, those people weren't getting saved and keeping it to themselves and sitting on the pew for five years till they grew up. They were going out and getting other people saved. That's what we're supposed to be doing, guys. So we've been conditioned, uh, uh, um, we've been positioned for a long time. We've been preaching to you guys, trying to, trying to preach the word of God, trying to, through all of the services and all the things, doing all the preachers and everything that's been going on here, equipping the saints to go preach the word. Last year we had the title of, or the theme of all things. All things are about Jesus. And about you, and about Free Baptist, and about mom or grandma, it's about Jesus. Everything we do. So we're doing church on purpose. We are equipping the saints to go preach the gospel. Everything is about Jesus. And then we come to this year, and the theme is take the lead. Who's that for? Is that, who's that for? Joshua, Miguel, and Jacob? No. It's for every last one of you here. Can I say even Casey and Callan and, and, and all the little ones and everybody here? Take the lead. Step out in front. Be what a Christian's supposed to be. All right? So, so we're to take the lead. So Sand Hill, uh, th this is very strong, powerful. I want you guys to get this. Please please think with me. Please pay attention. If you're zoned out, please zone back in. I, want, I don't want anyone to go out of here getting this wrong. Two things can happen. One of you, if you really love Sand Hill Church, you can get pride. And if you don't like Sand Hill Church, you can start falsely accusing us. So I want to make this very, very clear. I am not interested in promoting the standard of Sand Hill. I am interested in promoting the standard of the New Testament. If we are New Testament church, let's promote a New Testament church. We're not going out and saying, Sand Hill's doing it right, do it like us. We're saying, this is what the Bible says. We're trying to do what the Bible says, and you guys should too. Do you guys get that? So this isn't a Sand Hill thing. This isn't a, well, look at us, we're better than everybody else. No, no, no. That We're just trying to say what the Bible says and do what the Bible says. And if we do what the Bible says, God will bless us. So if you would do what the Bible says, God will bless you. That simple. <clears throat> I trust that everyone here, I, I really, really hope that everybody here is with me on this. Our church has changed a lot, amen? amen. But I trust that if you go to Sandhill Church, we are way past coming here having a good service on Sunday morning and the rest of the time is my own. Aren't we way past that? Can I tell you, that's where about 95% of our churches are. They want to come to church on Sunday morning, hear a message, do a little worship, put their money in the offering plate, and the rest of the week I do what I want to do. Guys, that's not New Testament. That's not Jesus' way. And I trust that everyone here, and if you're not there, as nicely as I can say it, you need to get on board. Because this is our life. This is who we are. This is what we do. Strange things happening around here. Strange things happening. I can remember a time when, you know, really I remember a time it was just me and Renee. And, and then, then others started to 
trickle in and become part of the core. And, and it was like this was all of our lives and our kids began to grow up and it become all of their lives. And then they got married and become all of their lives and, and, and more and more and more and more. And, and then, and then it was just, there was a core of us who this was all of our lives and there was a bunch of them who they were just here for Sunday morning. And then it went, 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 went. But here's a, here's a fun, interesting thing as a pastor. Everyone, everyone, look at me, everyone who has come here and decided to become part of the core Sam, I can't believe how good it is. Are you with me? And now it's, I don't even know if this is possible. I've never seen any church do this before, but now it's like, we're almost, we're almost all core, right? They're, they're really, there's very few of anybody that just comes here on Sunday morning. They have no interest in the church or anything we're doing. They just come here to, to, to punch a time clock, right? We don't have that anymore. Everybody's coming and everybody's involved in what we're doing. And the more you get involved, the more you say, this is fun. This is my life. Can I tell you that's New Testament church? And as, and as boldly as I can say it, that needs to be duplicated all over this world because that's what God says and we're not doing it. Right? So, <clears throat> I hope you guys can see this, but we are positioned to influence other churches. Talked to a few pastors this past week, or over the weekend, I mean, and I was very humbled when I talked to them. And when I begin to realize how God has given us, because I told them, you know, I said, if I have a tech problem, I don't, I, don't, I don't do anything. I just tell my guys to do it and they do it very, very well. If I want something built around here, I don't do it. I just say, will you guys build that? And it gets done. If, if, if we want to do anything around here, we have people and we just say, this is what needs done, and we do it. And I have one pastor who I think the world of and just, just a godly, godly man and loves so dearly, an awesome, awesome preacher. And this was so humbling for me and hurtful at the same time. He said, I envy you. I envy you so much for what you have. He said, not in a sinful way, just... I wish I had what you had. Now, guys, listen. We are positioned to help other churches. Can I stop? Is there anybody with me? Amen. We're, we're positioned to help other churches. So all across the state, all, all across, you know, may, maybe someday we'll nationally help everyone. But all across the state, and, and there are all kinds of denominations that I want to help as, as well. But there are free will Baptist churches all over the state of Ohio that are dying. And how, how God has positioned us, uh, um, uh, I'm sure maybe you don't know all the details, but Brother Ben came in, he's, he's over the entire state of Ohio. He has very much, uh, uh, I heard him tell several times this week, I heard him say, I'm not afraid of anything, I got Josh. Right? And what does he say? He's building a team. He's drawing me in and Josh and, and CJ and all those that are well, and he's building a team. He says, guys, let's go change the state. And I believe that Sand Hill is, is, is very much positioned to, to do that thing. So I have three churches for you I'd like for you to think about. Three churches. I don't think this is in your note. You can jot it down if you'd like to. But um, when we're talking about the churches that, are, that really need help, 
I've put it in three categories, but I believe there are dying churches that don't want help. If you know anything about church, there's, there, there, there are a lot of churches that are absolutely dying. They're, 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 there's no life. There's no youth. There, there's nothing happening. There's nothing going on. Doing the same thing they've been doing for 50 years. They will not change. They will not uh, open to help. They will not let anyone come and help them. They are dying. Now, you can think your pastor is awful, and you can get mad at me if you want to. And if you're listening online, I stand behind this statement. Best thing could happen to those churches if they close their doors. Because they're giving Jesus a bad name. They're not, they're not presenting Jesus as he should be presented. They're telling a lost and dying world, church is a miserable place where nobody wants to go, and, 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 and it's dying. Guys, the world should look at the church and say, that's the funnest place we can, how can we be a part of what God, God's doing, right? So there are dying churches. They don't want help. They don't want any, anyone to give them any help. And they, they're simply just waiting for everyone to get old enough to die. And I'm not being cruel. I'm being honest. That is where there are. And I believe that we would probably look across our state and we would find a multitude of free will Baptist churches that are in that very condition. I have known churches, I, I know churches that have had 12 people for the last 20 or 30 years. Don't want anybody new. Not going to make any changes. We're just going to hold on to the 12 we got till they all die. How many of you think that's God's plan for a church? That's not God's plan for a church. But then, this, then the second group of churches we have, so we have those that are dying and don't want help, but there are churches that we are coming across now that are struggling. They're having a hard time and they want someone to help them. They admit we don't know what we're doing. They admit we need help. They admit uh, uh, we, we could use a little bit of direction, a little bit of a, a, of a, you know, a better way of doing things. So they're not doing great, but they recognize they need help. And then there's that third group of churches that we see all around us. They have false doctrine. They're not preaching the word of God. They're they're promoting ungodliness. Their people live sinful. There's people who are just as sinful as the world. They're very liberal churches that are not preaching the Bible, that you can live any way you want to and say you're going to heaven. And, and the church is not doing anything to, to change that. So, th so those are the three types of churches that I believe we see around us that are not uh, um, what they ought to be for the Lord. So, so not only as, as Sandhill Church, not only has he been working in our past to get us where we are today, not only has he positioned us to influence other churches, but I believe he has positioned us to impact the community. Now, if you've been here a long time, you, you know that years ago we started talking about the idea of doing outreach. We had never done any outreach. Everything was about what went on inside these four walls. We started preaching probably 15, 20 years ago. We started preaching that we need to go out and reach the world. And that was a whole new concept, but we began to do it little by little. And we had all kinds of different ideas and we've done fairs and floats and everything else you can think of trying to trying to get the word out to them. And then we begin to do the events in Castilla and the, and the downtown or down on the streets of Sandusky and all the things we've done. But we have gotten now where we accept the idea that we're supposed to be doing outreach. We're supposed to be going out into the public and reaching a lost and dying world. So we are, we are positioned to impact our community. We've embraced that. I think that if you were to go to the streets of Castilla, I think you'd find a whole lot of people who, when you say, I go to Sand Hill Church, they say, yeah, I know that church. Right? We're not, we're not hidden somewhere where nobody knows about us. You say, well, yeah, of course they know about us. Can I tell you, there's, there's, there's a multitude of churches around here. They have no idea they even exist. 
And I'm not, I'm not, and please, if you go away saying he's just trying to say we're better than everybody, you totally missed the point. I'm trying to say Jesus' way works and, and man's way does not work, is what I'm trying to say. And, and there's a whole lot of churches trying to do it man's way and it's simply not working. We want to do it Jesus' way. But we've been positioned to impact the community. So let's just look real quick what God has done. I, I'm still under we are positioned. Um, by God. So we're not, we are positioned because of, uh, of all that God's been doing in, in, in the per- church on purpose and all things for uh, Jesus and taking the lead. And, and we are positioned uh, to influence other churches and what God is doing here to help other churches with that. We are positioned to impact our community and those that are out there. And, and lastly, let's just look at what God has done. Has God done anything at Sand Hill Church? Has God done anything? Listen, please don't ever think Gary has done something at Sand Hill Church. One, that's really, really bad for me. But that's also very dishonoring to God. If there are changes that have happened at Sand Hill Church, it's all because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of Gary. Not because of anybody here. It's all, all about Jesus. All right? And we got to keep that straight. we got to make sure we understand it. <clears throat> but we, we have grown biblically sound. I'm still blown away to this day by all of those of you who have, have took part in a strategic comprehension and how you guys have taken that to heart and how some of you guys say, I read my four chapters every day. It blows my mind. But there are some of you, maybe you're not even doing that, but you're just very faithfully reading your Bible and understand. And not only that, not only all of you that are reading at home and so, so very thankful for that, how exciting that is and how you're digging in and learning. But not only that, I think almost everybody here now comes to church saying, I want to learn the Bible while I'm there. You're not just coming to shout hallelujah. You're not just coming to punch the time clock. You're not just doing it to to check a box. You're coming here to learn more about Jesus than you knew when you came in. Can I tell you that's awesome? awesome. And and because of that attitude, uh, there's another attitude for you. Because of that attitude, we have changed as a congregation. We discussed, and this this is probably going to be one of my attitudes, but... um, we discussed here on Wednesday night uh, sometime back uh, that what do you do when the pastor sins? And then what do you do uh, when the congregation is, is fighting amongst themselves? And we would talk about that. But you know really what the answer we came up with? And, and, and you think, well, we're not having that problem at Sand Hill. You know what I said? Well, if we probably preach this every time we're here, we won't have those problems. You know, you won't fight back and forth and hate each other's guts and won't speak to each other if we preach the Bible. You, you won't have a pastor that's, that, that's running around doing all kinds of simple things and, and everybody letting him get by with it if we, if we preach the Word of God. We, all of the things that we need to deal with, a lot of those just kind of disappear when we actually start reading the Bible. I hear people all the time say, well, we, we love the Bible. We love the Bible. We, can't, we hate everybody in the church, but we love the Bible. No, you don't know the Bible because you wouldn't be doing that if you knew the Bible. So the Bible fixes us, and we are learning that at Sand Hill Church. We are now a New Testament church. I believe I can say that quite confidently. I did not say we were perfect. did not say we don't have faults. I said we're a New Testament church. We are striving to take what thus saith the Word of God, everything it says, and do what the Bible says. Can I get an Amen. That's what church is supposed to be. Not what Gary says, not the Free Baptist, but this is what the New Testament says church is supposed to be, and we are that because we are striving to do what the New Testament says. <clears throat> We've already talked about having a strong core. So now, if you followed everything that I've said, this is very important. Now, listen to me. 
if you follow that whole message, we look at the condition of the church, we look how we have been positioned, uh, uh, we look at all of these things, and now we, because of studying the Word of God, we are a New Testament church. Does it make sense to anybody else that now we can go promote those standards to other people? Do I need to start all over? <laughs> I got two of you. I look like you understood that. If we have figured out what Jesus wants a New Testament church to look like, and we are doing that, and it is working, and all around us we see churches that are closing and dying and in terrible shape, and the state of the church is horrible, and we see all these things happening, and you'll have a hard time finding a healthy church that's doing great. And when we look at all these things, uh, does it make sense that now we can go and we can promote the standards that God has given us? And if, I, don't, I don't want to repeat myself 10 times, but if you didn't get that, you just need to let it sink in because that, that's, that, that is where we are at. We can now promote. Don't pop the next screen yet, Josh. Okay, you have it. Thank you. I don't know if anybody even cares about what the vision is. Maybe some of you have been thinking about it this week. Maybe most. I know there's a few of you that have really prayed for me this week. And we talked about we're going to show the vision and I was kind of nervous about this for a long time and, and really kind of afraid to tell you guys and thinking I was going to, who knows what kind of reaction we was going to get. I'm not nervous this morning. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm very confident this is what God wants. It, 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 just so many things have happened. I just believe this is what God wants. And, and so, uh, and I don't feel good enough to be nervous, I guess. So, <laughs> so, so I'm just going to tell you what I believe God wants. Okay. Is that all right? And, and, uh, um, I believe God will, will prove himself, uh, right or wrong. But the vision that I have is a multi-church vision. And we're not going to try and explain all of that this morning. But can I just ask this question? Wouldn't it be awesome if there were 10 other churches right around us, just like Sand Hill? Wouldn't that be awesome? Again, we're not saying Sand Hill's got it all figured out. We're saying, wouldn't it be awesome if there were 10? Can, can, can someone right now, can someone right now, uh, um, you can interrupt my preaching, stand up and say it right now. Can someone right now name me five rock-solid New Testament churches within 50-mile driving radius of here? I, I dare to say none of you can because they don't exist. Right. They're, they're just and just in our community here, you know, Castellia, Sandusky, Bellevue. Is there is there a, a rock? Side? There's a whole, whole bunch of churches doing it exactly what the Bible says. And then there's those few that are not. Or is there one or two that's actually New Testament churches and the rest of them have kind of really went astray? And you say, preacher, sounds really arrogant. Listen, I'm not arrogant and I'm not being prideful. I am just saying the word of God works. If we do it, the word of God says we will be blessed. And if we don't, we're going to be dying. And guys, I believe that. I've staked my whole ministry on that. I have staked everything in my life on that. I have poured my life into the Bible. The Bible is what will get us through. If I get to the end and find out the Bible does not work or it is not true, I have wasted my whole entire life. But I'm not worried about that happening. I'm not worried about that happening. Because, because God, God's word works. Amen. And, and, and it needs to be promoted to other places. So we need to duplicate what God has done here. Can I, can someone help me amen that? Amen. 
We need to duplicate what God, what God's doing right here needs to be duplicated all around us. There needs to be multiple of, of these same things going on all around us. Now, this is kind of important because I can just hear some of you. I can just hear some of you saying this over dinner. Why in the world is he talking about starting other churches when we're not even full here? I can hear some of you good Baptists thinking. All right? What is wrong with him? We, we don't, we're not busting at the seams. We, we don't have tons of money. Why is he talking about starting another church when, when we don't even have a full house here? Listen very, very carefully. Please tune in. Everybody look at me. Are you listening? We're not doing this because we're running out of room. We're doing this because there is a need and we have the answer. Is anybody with that? We have the answer. It's called the Word of God. And it isn't because we don't have any room for some of you, so we got to get rid of some of you. It isn't because we're getting so big we need another place to put you. It's because we have the answer, and there's a whole lot of churches dying, and we could do something about it. Amen? So, so it's not about running out of room. It's about being obedient to what God says. <clears throat> now, this is a little interesting for me. I've, I've been here for a long time, and I have fought with God and fought with God and argued with God and told God it didn't make sense and everything else. And I made a phone call this week, and it just like the light came on. After 20 years, the light came on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I finally see. I, I just couldn't see it till this week. But this is not, Brother Nate Ains is, is the one who really kind of set me down this road three or four years ago. Uh, Brother Nate Ains, he's been pastor for a long, long time. He's president of uh, uh, Southeastern College. Uh, he's a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal brother. He's got a big church. And, and this is what Brother Nate has done. Brother Nate has, could have built a huge church because people were coming and the church was growing because, you know, there was a lot of things. That, could have built a huge, huge church. Here's what he said. He said, he said, Pastor, he said, I decided, uh, I decided that I was going to send out people to start other churches. And he said, I could have had now, I could have had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people coming. But what I did was I started other churches all over because he says, I think that's a New Testament model. Can I just tell you that every pastor wants to have that church that's running five, six, seven, eight hundred people? I mean, you get to brag to your pastor buddies how your church is bigger than them, you know, and, and all these things. That's what every church wants. But is it biblical to duplicate what we have here? And I say that it is. I say that, that we look at the New Testament uh, example, that's what we will find is the um, duplicating of, of what God is doing. <clears throat> so in the north, we're planted in the north. What does that have to do with anything? So I talked to some of these brothers. There's, there's, there's several Free Baptist churches that are doing this right now. There are other denominations that are doing this right now. Uh, but some of them, uh, even including Brother Nate, some of them, what they are doing is uh, they, will have, they, they have their church here and they will plant a church out of their church. And uh, I believe he told me that he, he's, I, I believe he told me if I, if I got this right, I apologize, Brother Nate, if I got this wrong, but I believe he said they're getting ready to plant a church in India out of their church. Awesome. Awesome. But as I was talking to him, the Lord began to speak to my heart. They live in the Bible Belt. 
Anybody ever been to the Bible Belt? I mean, if you've, got a, if you've got a slingshot, you can shoot about five churches at one time. Baptist churches. I mean, they're on every corner. And I'm not saying every one of them is phenomenal, and I'm not saying every one of them is perfect, and I'm not saying that there's no improvement could be done. But can I just say, if you live in South Carolina, probably the last thing you need to do is build another Baptist church. Right? I mean, they're everywhere. They're, they're literally just everywhere. We go down and visit Brother Sonny, and there's a Baptist church, and there's a Baptist church, and there's a Baptist church. I mean, you literally go, you, you go 10 miles away, and you pass 20 churches. I mean, they're just everywhere. That's why they call it the buckle, the Bible belt. And so I begin to, begin to dawn on me the very first time when I was talking to Brother Nate this week, it dawned on me. We don't live in the Bible belt. How many people think that right here there's a need for some good churches? Because see, in my eyes, what I know, I've, I've tried to be aware of our, our surroundings, our situation, our state and everything else. But from what I see, we're not being overrun, we're overrun by good churches. And, and, and in our immediate area, as I've already said, we could probably name a handful of Baptist churches. And, and with all the sincerity of my heart, a whole lot of them are dying. Right? So, so we're not in a place where there were just, there are just so many good churches around. What in the world are they wanting to start another church for? We've already got 57 of them around us. No, we don't. No, we don't. We, we don't have good churches all around us. So we're in the north, positioned very strategically, I believe, by God, and raising up this church in the north where there's... Can I, can I just say this? And some, A lot of you know this. Do you know if we were in Mansfield, we'd be more in the Bible Belt? There's churches like crazy in Mansfield. I mean, they're just, they're just literally free old Baptist churches, Baptist churches everywhere. You can't sneak a stick. They're just everywhere. It'd be kind of crazy to say, I'm going to be evangelist in Mansfield and go start a new church, right? But in Sandusky, so we, we were a part of the old conference, Northern Ohio Conference. We were the only church in this direction. There, there's not another church. There's not another church within miles and miles and miles of our church when we was in Northern Ohio Conference. So we joined this new conference. Guess what? Renee just asked me this morning. Guess what? There's no churches around us. There's, there's literally just nothing. Everybody's down south, right? And you go to southern Ohio, churches everywhere. Even you go to Columbus and Mansfield, churches everywhere. And, and all these but you come here, there's not. There's not free Baptist churches. There's not Baptist churches. There's not striving, strong biblical churches all around our area. Is anybody with me? So let me leave you this one thing. Here's what we're going to do. I, I hope I at least got you thinking this, this morning. But here's what I want to do. Uh, Lord willing... If I'm still with you, Lord willing, uh, we're going to come back tonight. And we're going to give you the logistics. We're going to give you uh, how this is going to work. We're going to give uh, a plan. Uh, we're going to we're going to say how we can put this thing into motion. Um, <clears throat> so for this morning, let me just give you this last thing that I have here. Maybe give you something to think about. I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's, I don't know, I don't know for sure the answer to this question, but just, just, just a guess. I don't know that there's anybody here that's ever went to a mega church. Can, can I just, is there anybody here that ever was, was, was a member of a mega church? Christine Ross? So can I just say this? There are mega churches that are actually what God wants them to be. Listen, don't fall into that thing because we're small, we're holy. And don't fall into that thing that if they're big, they can't be right. That has nothing to do with the number of people you have. You know what it has to do with it? Whether you're doing it God's way. That, that's what makes a difference, right? If you're doing it God's way. But if you hypothetically, let, let's look hypothetically, you have a church of 3,000 people, okay? You have 3,000 people show up there every Sunday, and you are spot on biblically. 
I mean, you are just, you got your doctrine, right? You, the, you live holy lives. You, you're just what you're supposed to be, okay? In a mega church. Does anybody know? So if I have 3,000 people in my church, how do I minister to 3,000 people? It's absolutely impossible. It's just, it's just not going to happen, right? So in, in a good mega church, what you do is you have multiple pastors. So maybe you have eight or 10 or 12 or whatever pastors. And then what happens in a mega church, those pastors, they have their small groups, and they have their this and they have their that. And those pastors have those who they are following. Are, are you guys getting me? Are you guys getting this? So you have, so you've got eight pastors, ten pastors in this mega church. Each one of those ten pastors have the the 150, 200 people that are following them all there. Does anybody see what's happening here? You have multiple congregations under one roof. Do I need to say that again? Inside of the building where there's 3,000 people, what you actually have is ten congregations and ten pastors. They just all share the same roof. I'm not getting very good looks up here, okay? Are you with me? So what about if we do the exact same thing, but we don't stay under the same roof? See, if you have a senior pastor and you have 10 pastors, all of those 10 pastors will be required to hold the doctrine and the standards of the church. In other words, you don't get to say, well, I got these 150 people upon me. I'll, I'll teach them what I want. No, you won't. I tell our boys all the time. I tell our boys, I support them. I love them. I try to be patient with them. When they mess up, I try to be with them. But if they get up here and start contradicting me, they're not getting up here anymore. Okay? <laughs> if they're going to promote some doctrine that they believe it's different than mine, they're not going to be preaching anymore. Right? That's, that's how it has to work. They know that. So if, you, if we all have those that are following us, we're all following the same standards that the Bible says. Am I making sense to anybody? Please someone encourage me here a little bit because a lot of you look like you're totally confused. If we had 10 churches right around here with 10 pastors right around here, all doing what we're doing right here, how many think that'd be pleasing to Jesus? Amen. I think it would. Now, let me, let me, let me say this here. And we're done. Let me say this here. Be, don't, I don't care if you talk about it, but don't spend your day saying, what if, and what if, and what if, and what if, and why is, and, 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 and okay, let's come back tonight and see what God has to say about it, okay? I, I believe God can, can do all of these things, do these things uh, um, in an amazing way. And when we start inputting what if, we're probably going to get out in front of God and mess up. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.